MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, January 27th, 2020. Today, the impeachment trial continues. The get rid of her tape goes public. Pompeo looks like an idiot during an NPR interview. Trump won't participate in unfair debates. And a truckload of good news. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is just me. It's just me. Jordan is out taking a self-care day. Mandy is celebrating her birthday in London. Uh, I am back from my interesting week of, of taking a couple days off. Thank you for letting me do that. Um, seriously, thank you for letting me do that. I needed to take a couple of days off, um, one for self-care, some for a safety emergency. Um, we heard your feedback about our guest host that filled in while Mandy was gone and I was gone. And I appreciate all the positive feedback about the importance of understanding that not all of us uh, keep up. We're all, not all news nerds like um, like we are. And um, at the clip, our listeners keep up with the news and uh, that uh, Steve's frame of reference represents large swaths of Americans. I think Jordan did an incredible job of educating <clears throat> others while remaining calm and friendly, um, something I'm sure we have all had to do with family members and coworkers and friends. Uh, here's a note we got from David in Brooklyn about that episode. David says, uh, the detachment and quote-unquote boredom of libertarians uh, is a psychological defense that can be understood reasonably well. It's a posture of suppressing all deep feelings of human embodiment and social attachment. Its belief system is more or less tacked on. Take away all the unsupported uh, assertions and ad hominem arguments, and Ayn Rand, for example, has little of her own to say. Imagine having an outlook of fundamental isolation, loneliness, and lack of trust, which creates more and more of itself each day that is that it's lived out. The male-to-female ratio among libertarians is huge. The whole edifice is most often surrendered if the person is lucky enough to fall in love and courageous enough um, to begin facing the feelings of emotional and sexual interdependency that result. I think what Jordan did and is doing is brave and awesome and not at all uh, guaranteed to succeed, uh, least of all as entertainment. Perhaps most of us would rather talk amongst ourselves where the challenges are less, but please, let's show some respect to both people for the attempt to reach through the veil of separateness. I adore this podcast's concept of what the mission is. Much love, David in Brooklyn. David, thank you for that positive support. Um, also, we did get a lot of feedback about the last episode where there was a bit of back and forth uh, between Manny and Joy and I about some current and past Democratic candidates. Uh, and we've uh, had a discussion and uh, this show is going to stick to its mission uh, of getting the vote out for blue no matter who. And we're going to do that by not bashing any other Dem candidates, past or present, though we will report any news about them leading up to the primary. After that, we will support whoever wins the nomination. We will not endorse a candidate prior to the primary, as our endorsement has been and will always be the Democrat in 2020. And while we might not agree on who the best candidate is leading up to the primary that can beat Trump, we definitely agree he must be defeated. And to that end, we will not help the GOP by supporting anything on this show that could splinter the Democrats leading up to the election. Sadly, uh, we've had people abandon their patronage because of what they perceived as the contentious divide. And that really is a disappointment um, that someone would be willing to throw out all the work we've put in, the 75-hour weeks, hundreds of pages of scripting we contribute to bring the news that we think is important 
all because one uh, of one show or one candidate. But I'd like to thank everyone who stepped up their contributions or joined our Patreon to make up for those that left and still believe in us and what we do. It does mean a lot to us. And you'll get to see us on video soon as a patron. You continue to get these episodes early and ad-free because as long as we have our patrons, we can remain independent. So thank you again for your support and your understanding for my absence. I promise you I needed it desperately. And I'll tell you about it soon. I can't right now, but I am fine. I am safe. Uh, um, my life is going to be awesome. I am making it so, and I need you guys and we need each other. So please stick around, but enough about that. You're here for the news. So let's hit the hot notes, hot notes. All right. Thursday night, Adam Schiff gave what some consider to be one of the greatest legal speeches on the floor of the Senate in our great history. And I tend to agree. This is one for the history books. Uh, let's listen to the conclusion of that incredible argument. Founders gave us more than words. They gave us inspiration. They may have receded into mythology, but they inspire us still. And more than us, they inspire the rest of the world. They inspire the rest of the world. From their prison cells in Turkey, journalists look to us. From their internment camps in China, they look to us. From their cells in Egypt, those who gathered in Tahrir Square for a better life, look to us. From the Philippines, those that were the victims and their families of mass extrajudicial killing, they look to us. From Elgin Prison, they look to us. From all over the world, they look to us. And increasingly, they don't recognize what they see. It's a terrible tragedy for them. It is a worse tragedy for us because there's nowhere else for them to turn. They're not going to turn to Russia. They're not going to turn to China. They're not going to turn to Europe with all of its problems. They look to us because we are still the indispensable nation. They look to us because we have a rule of law. They look to us because no one is above that law. And one of the things that separates us from those people in Elgin prison is the right to a trial. It's a right to a trial. Americans get a fair trial. And so I ask you, I implore you, give America a fair trial. Give America a fair trial. She's worth it. Thank you. So that really got me. The uh, America deserves a fair trial. She's worth it. It reminded me of the, the Booker quote, um, if America hasn't broken your heart, you don't love her enough. Um, it was just really incredible. Uh, and everyone agreed, even Republicans were like, wow, that was, that was good stuff. And Friday was a great day for Dems as well, though it appears that many of those moderate Republicans are now saying they will not vote for witnesses or they're t they're leaning to not vote for witnesses because of something Adam Schiff said on the floor. Uh, Friday, there was a news report from CBS from an unnamed source that Trump had threatened senators by saying if they voted against him, he would put their heads on pikes. Uh, Republicans like Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska uh, gasped uh, with the vapors, I guess, when they heard that uh, rolling up their fainting couches and clutching their pearls, proclaiming 
uh, he never said that to us. That's a lie. I've never heard that. That's preposterous, um, causing most normal people to think they doth protest too much. And now they're saying, well, I was thinking about voting for witnesses until Adam Schiff said that heads on Pike stuff. That's a bridge too far. So they, they, I guess they were thinking of honoring the Constitution and doing their jobs until Schiff insinuated they were being pressured not to, and now they can't vote to uphold the Constitution because of that. I mean, how dare someone insinuate some senators who are taking RNC money from Trump can be influenced? How dare anyone suggest that people who take lobbying money for a living could be possibly influenced by outside sources? How crazy to think that people without term limits might be pressured into trying to get reelected. How crazy of us to actually think that. Oh my God, clutch my pearls. That is absolute bullshit. Uh, These and other moderate senators were looking for any excuse to vote no on witnesses. Like how I have a friend call me in the middle of every Tinder date in case I need an excuse to leave. You know, do us a favor, play with your fidget spinners and don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. It belittles us both, uh, by the way. And the fidget spinner thing, Burr handed out fidget spinners to to senators because they're all grownups, those Republicans. Uh, And if Schiff hadn't said heads on pikes, the Republicans were already working up an excuse to vote no on witnesses. They said they were going to, you know, vote no on witnesses because Trump's going to block them anyways. Uh, And then we'd have to go through court, which the House should have done. So the House didn't do it. We're not going to do it. F you and shut up. Uh, That is not true in all these cases. Uh, Yes, Trump could block Mulvaney uh, and make the Senate file suit. But Bolton has said he would testify if subpoenaed. He would not file suit, as has Pompeo. Uh, Of course, Pompeo said if legally required, which kind of makes it sound like maybe he would. Well, when I said legally required, I meant the courts would have to decide. Uh, We know he likes to change his mind last minute. He's a giant baby. Of course, absolutely nothing is stopping Bolton or anyone really from writing an op-ed today about what they know. Nothing is stopping them from doing that. Nothing is stopping them from saving democracy um, except book sales, I guess, Um, which, okay, uh, if that's what's more important to you than uh, democracy, then cool, cool, bro. Keep that mustache going. And then while this trial is going on, we're simultaneously getting the Mueller 302s, Ukraine documents from the Office of Management and Budget, and Lev Parnas material. And this weekend did not disappoint in the Parnas department. Um, We got word uh, earlier in the week there was a live recording of Trump telling Parnas to get rid of her, take her out, uh, with regards to Marie Yovanovitch, the U.S. ambassador, uh, anti-corruption ambassador. And while, yes, we knew this happened, the tape here does two things. First, it corroborates Parnas's story, making him a more credible witness, as have all of his texts and documents thus far, all of his WhatsApp stuff. And it completely destroys the Trump defense that he doesn't know Parnas, never met the guy, don't know the guy. Uh, he might have been able to get away saying that just like he was a groupie. I took pictures with him. But to have a dinner with him and talk to him about removing Marie Yovanovitch as ambassador in April of 2018, whole different story now. Uh, you know him and we know you know him and we know you know that we know that you know him. And this is a reminder that the truth will come out, whether it's in the Parnas tapes or Bolton's book, if he doesn't write an op-ed or testify, or the McGahn testimony, which we already have in the Mueller report, or the Mueller materials, or the Deutsche Bank records, or the Mazars tax documents. Uh, All this shit is coming out. Uh, And Republican senators will do well to remember that when they remember the heads on Pike's excuse to vote against hearing from witnesses 
and uh, hearing uh, and getting additional documentary evidence. The the argument is, why should we have to do all that work? The House under the Constitution has the sole responsibility for impeachment. They should have done the work. They should have done the litigating. Of course, the House says we didn't have time. The election is coming up. And the Senate is saying, well, it's not our job. So that's sort of this is the impasse that we're facing. I think Mitt Romney has said he might vote for witnesses, but we need four. And uh, I don't know that we're going to get it. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, you know, don't be a Debbie Downer. Uh, I'm just saying what, what I think. I'm just putting beans on stuff. I hope it'd be great if we could get some witnesses. But again, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it, it, it for the Senate's sake. But it doesn't because this stuff is going to come out. And then the senators are going to have to answer for why they acquitted this criminal, this ongoing crime, this crime in progress, and the president who directed the whole thing. Of course, Friday night, we got some of the audio from that April 2018 meeting uh, with Trump and Parnas and Fruman and Jr. And then, of course, yesterday, the entire thing was released. And I have some thoughts here. Of course, the clip of Trump saying, take her out, get rid of her, take her out. That's chilling. Um, and let's listen to that clip. Get rid of her. Hooray. Get her out tomorrow. I don't care. Get her out tomorrow. <laughs> take her out. Okay? Excellent. Do it. But more important than that, which is so chilling, by the way, and doesn't sound like a fire her. That sounds like a take her out thing. Um, I mean, his catchphrase is you're fired. Anyway, more important or at least more consequential consequential is when consequential is when Trump asked, uh, how long would Ukraine last in a war with Russia? And the answer was not long at all. Without us, 30 seconds, maybe. And that shows to me corrupt intent. That's when Trump learned how valuable his meetings and his military support are to Ukraine. He learned how much leverage he has. Uh, he couldn't fire Yovanovitch then. And it would be another year before she was fired. And, and many are wondering how this affects the timeline of what we know. Because now it seems that Trump was not trying to remove Yovanovitch to get her out of the way um, so that Ukraine would announce investigations against the Bidens because Biden wasn't running yet. But that was never it. And Biden was still a part of this, really. I mean, think about it. Think about the context of what was happening in April of 2018. Uh, you can go back and listen to the Mueller, uh, Mueller she wrote from, from, those, from the end of April, early May. The previous Ukrainian president, Poroshenko, was in office and had recently stopped helping Mueller in the Manafort cases or the Black Ledger investigations. He tabled those, four of them. We reported on this back then. Uh, in in that in that May time frame, April May time frame, which Trump rewarded by selling them javelins, the javelin tank missiles, and Poroshenko, and this is obviously a defense that uh, the Trump's legal team is using. We gave them, we gave them javelins, we gave them javelins. Obama never gave them javelins, we gave them javelins, but Obama didn't give them javelins because they didn't want to, you know, cause tensions between Russia. Uh, and the only reason Trump gave them javelins is because they stopped helping Mueller. We all know that they tried desperately to like weaken the language in the RNC platform, the Republican Party platform at the RNC, Republican National Convention, uh, to not include the lethal language. So to do this, this was a bribe to get them to stop investigating Manafort and helping Mueller in his investigation of Manafort. And Poroshenko at that time was mad about Biden because Biden publicly discussed his resistance to firing the corrupt Viktor Shokin, and Poroshenko was mad that Yovanovitch was making anti-corruption reforms. This is right around the time Lutsenko, 
the guy who offered dirt on Mueller and the Bidens in exchange for getting rid of Yovanovitch so he could be corrupt, realized that he could get her out of the way with the help of Parnas, Fruman, and Giuliani. So this is bigger than just a Biden investigation or just a White House meeting. Um, this is Trump learning that Yovanovitch would stop corruption. Trump needed the, the, you know, the corruption Trump needed to maintain leverage and help his friends get gas and oil deals. And, uh, and including Putin, by the way, uh, read Blowout by Rachel Maddow. And this is Trump learning how valuable that leverage was by finding out how fast Ukraine would go down without our support uh, in their hot war with Russia. It's absolutely devastating. Uh, uh, and, of course, the House Dems have decided to focus only on the withholding of the aid and meetings in 2019 for the exchange of the announcement of investigations into 2016 and the Bidens or Burisma. And they didn't want to drag 2018, the 2018 Javelin Manafort deal into it, likely because it would connect the entire Mueller probe, which would mean we would have to wait for those materials, which are being litigated right now. That puts us back to the summer and they wanted to get this done faster. And they have the evidence to do it, but they had to walk that fine line of, we have plenty of evidence, but you want more. Um, and after the tape came out, after the Dems took 21 hours over three days to present their case, Trump's team started their book report. <laughs> they had eight hours to use. They used a little over two hours. They can't get those six hours or so back, but I'm told they'll probably use all their time or most of their time on Monday and Tuesday. Then there will be 16 hours over two days, I imagine, for senator questions. I, I assume it'll be over two days, could be over three days, for senator questions. That's when they write them down and Chief Justice Roberts asks the questions uh, of the teams, which I expect Dems to hold the Trump team accountable for the lies and conspiracy theories that they came out with during their little defenses. And then Friday, um, probably Friday, maybe Saturday, um, there'll be a four-hour debate on witnesses. I believe it's four hours, I think. And then they could vote Saturday, Friday or Saturday, uh, up or down. Um, as I've said, I don't think the Republicans will vote for witnesses, a majority at least. Uh, at least they're signaling as much right now. Uh, the podcasts, they're here right now in studio with me. They think they will. They also think Trump will be convicted by the Senate and removed. They're not budging on that. But a lot can happen in a week uh, with the Parnas and Fruman show. <laughs> Harness, Truman. All right, so uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then I want to go over the defense, Trump's defense, some of the lies and conspiracy theories that their legal team presented in their uh, shit show on Saturday. So um, stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Embark. As you know, I am a uh, pod dog mom. I love my dog. Her name is Olive. She is a coated uh, black German shepherd. She's absolutely wonderful. She looks like a dire wolf. Uh, we take her to dog park. We take her to the beach. Um, I spend most of my days with her. She's awesome. And the most important thing I did for her was to give her the Embark Breed and Health DNA test to learn as much as I could about her breed and lineage and how to best care for her. Over 50% of dogs are either at risk or a carrier of a genetic disease. You can be a carrier and not have any symptoms. And the Embark Breed and Health DNA test screens for any potential health conditions. So you have all the information necessary to provide your dog their best life. Embark makes it quick and easy. You send in one simple cheek swab. The dogs love it. Uh, well, Olive, 
mostly loved it. Uh, and they do the rest. Really excellent customer service. They tell you every step where they are along the way. They use the most comprehensive DNA testing on the market. They look at 100 times as much genetic info as the competition to give the most accurate results and to make future genetic discoveries. Every Embark dog brings us closer to the goal of ending preventable diseases in dogs. Embark has an exclusive offer you can't get anywhere else. Go to EmbarkVet.com now and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save 15% off your dog DNA test kit. Visit EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS to save. You'll be glad you did. All right, so I'm just going to quickly go. Hello, welcome back. It is me, just me today, all by myself. Um, what was the other one? Just you and I. I think it was Linda Ron. Anyway, long time ago, um, I was there for it. But it's just me and you. And uh, I want to go over some of the Trump's legal team defenses, quote unquote defense, uh, that they tried to put forth. Um, pretty maddening. Uh, although I think they did the right thing. If you're a Republican, they kept it short. They're like, here, F it. We don't care. And boom. And we're out. Uh, I do think they'll use up uh, mo- more time on, on Monday and Tuesday. You only get eight hours a day and you don't get uh, there's no rollover minutes, uh, so to speak. So and the Dems used 21 hours and they presented a really, really good case. So some of these uh, this defense here. Oh, first defense. Obama never gave lethal aid to Ukraine. Uh, This is true. The Obama administration decided against providing lethal weapons, as I said before the break, for fear of ratcheting up tensions in the region. And instead, between 2014 and 2016, the Obama administration gave Ukraine $600 million in security assistance. But that has nothing to do with Trump illegally withholding aid from Ukraine in exchange for announcing investigations into Biden and the 2016 election interference. Nothing to do with it. What Obama did has zero to do with Trump breaking the law. And when I say breaking the law, he broke the fucking law. He he violated the Impoundment Control Act by withholding congressionally appropriated funds. You aren't allowed to do that no matter what. I've often said, think about it from from a Republican point of view. Like, let's say Hillary were president and uh, and Republicans were still in control of the Congress and they voted. They wanted eight billion dollars to, to build the southern border wall and put flesh piercing spikes and a, and a, uh, sharks with laser beams on their heads. And Hillary gets this and they, they, they approve that. They make it part of the NDAA, which is the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, which comes out every two years. It's the big defense budget spending bill and that's in there that's a provision that's in there and it's congressionally appropriated money it has to be spent by the end of the fiscal year which is september 30th and hillary goes "Mm, you know what i think that's a really shitty uh thing i don't like it uh i'm gonna hold those funds i'm not gonna spend it that is illegal you can't do that congress controls the purse the executive can't withhold funds based on policy they can't it's illegal End of story has nothing to do with what kind of aid Obama gave to Ukraine prior to Trump uh, taking office. Next defense, they talked about burden sharing, meaning Trump's concerns about whether our European allies were pitching in their fair share to help Ukraine. And uh, Trump said in a Fox News interview, why isn't Germany and France and UK, why aren't they paying something? And oddly, those are the same three countries Trump threatened with auto import tariffs if they didn't announce publicly that Iran hadn't met the conditions of the nuclear deal. Uh, But with the issue of Ukraine, EU has given almost twice as much of security assistance per year as the United States has in monetary assistance. And who cares? You still can't withhold congressionally appropriated funds in exchange for personal shit. Fuck off with that. Okay, sorry, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little angry. A little mad. All right. 
Next offense. They accuse Dems of trying to overturn an election. This is stupid. That's impeachment is impeachment. It's in the Constitution to remove a duly elected president. And we could have an argument about what duly elected means. Uh, honestly, we really could uh, have an argument about whether or not he was truly, truly duly elected. Um, I mean, seriously, let's think about that for a second. Um, and not, I'm not even just talking about the Electoral College, which is ass. Get rid of it. I'm talking about um, there might have been some influence, foreign or otherwise, in our election in 2016. Uh, another defense. They said Ukraine hacked a 2016 election. They're going with that fucking conspiracy theory. Uh, of course, Trump came out and made a, an announcement. I know, Russia. I've always agreed with our intelligence community. He sounded like he's not good, by the way mentally. Uh, and I know he wasn't before, but I mean, like serious decline 25th Amendment shit right now. So he's coming out. He came out in the Oval and said, look, I never went against the intelligence community's assessment that Russia hacked our elections. And then, of course, he ad libbed and said, or others or others as both sides shit. He can't he can't just read what's in front of him. He can't just read the truth. He's got to add his own little lies in there um, like a, some stupid recipe of bullshit. Um, so they're still going with the hack to Ukraine, Ukraine hacked the 2016 election. They said again that the Dems tried to shut Trump out of the House inquiry. It was Pat Cipollone who made this charge again, second time. And he's literally the guy that wrote the letter to the House declining the invitation for Trump and his lawyers to appear and participate. So fuck that guy. Cipollone also said the Dems hid evidence from the Senate. Um, the Senate impeachment trial. And this is this is sketch because he's saying that by not going over some of the irrelevant parts of the phone call, the perfect call, they're hiding evidence. But the memo of this call is a matter of public record. Everybody knows what's in it. And they're saying that because they, he didn't talk about the uh, Europeans not paying their fair share, they're hiding evidence. That's somehow a violation of Brady. They're hiding exculpatory evidence. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Then Mike Purpura, Mike Pupa Stage, said, quote, the record that we have um, to go on today is based entirely on House Democratic fact pre-cleared in a basement bunker. Uh, this is a lie. It's also uh, based on text messages and emails and public hearings and public testimony, 17 witnesses that we got the transcripts for and the rest that uh, testified in the public hearings, including uh, Turley, the guy who testified for the on the Republican side in that uh, scholarly you know, group of four people who were answering impeachment questions during the impeachment inquiry. And the basement bunker uh, jab is just a bullshit concept, too. It's a skiff. Everyone was there were just as many Republicans as Democrats. No, there were a couple fewer, but they were allowed to ask questions equal time. It, it's just ridiculous. Perpura also said the aid flowed on September 11th and the presidential meeting took place September 25th without uh, the Ukrainian government announcing any investigations. Well, the aid flowed after the whistleblower out of the scheme and he couldn't get anyone to say it was legally cool. Uh, totally legal and totally cool to withhold the aid. And the meeting, quote unquote, for September 25th was a sideline meeting at the U.N. General Assembly and does not carry the political weight of a meeting in Washington. Everybody knows that. Shut up. So that is their defense in a nutshell. And we'll see what else they come up with on Friday. But uh, I wanted to uh, get to a couple other uh, pieces of news here before we get to our good news block. Um, so first of all, as I'm sure you've all heard, Pompeo had a super fun interview <laughs> with Mary Louise Kelly at NPR and quickly had a meltdown about it on the record. First, let's listen to that clip 
of the part of the interview that uh, pissed him off. Change of subject. Ukraine. Do you owe Ambassador Marie Ivanovich an apology? You know, I agreed to come on your show today to talk about Iran. That's what I intend to do. Uh, I know what our Ukraine policy has been now for the three years of this administration. I'm proud of the work we've done. This administration delivered the capability for the Ukrainians to defend themselves. President Obama showed up with MREs. We showed up with Javelin missiles. Previous administration did nothing to take down corruption in Ukraine. We're working hard on that. We're going to continue to do it. I, just I confirmed have, I with just your staff have, last night that I would talk I, about I just Iran don't have and Ukraine. Anything else to say about that this morning? I just want to give you another opportunity to answer this because, as you know, people who work for you in your department, people who have resigned from this department under your leadership, saying you should stand up well, for know. the diplomats I, I who work who, here. I don't know who these unnamed sources are you're referring to. I, I can tell you this: when these I talk, are not unnamed talk, sources. This is your senior here. advisor, Michael McKinley, a career Foreign Service officer with four decades' experience, who yeah. testified under oath that he resigned in part due to the failure of the State Department to offer support to Foreign Service employees caught up in the impeachment inquiry on Ukraine. Yeah, I, I'm not going to comment on things that uh, Mr. McKinley may have said. Uh, I'll say only this. I have defended every State Department official. We've built a great team. The team that works here Sir, is doing amazing work around the world. Sir, respectfully, where have you defended Marie Ivanovich? I've defended every single person on this team. I've done what's right. For every single Can you person point me on toward your team. remarks where you have defended Marie Ivanovich? I've said all I'm going to say today. Thank you. So after that uh, whole thing went down, he left. And then one of Pompeo's staffers came in and got Mary Louise Kelly and took her back to said want to continue speaking to the secretary of state. She's like, yeah, heck yeah. Uh, no one told her it was off the record. So she's now reporting this after party publicly. But apparently Pompeo yelled at her, said fuck a bunch, uh, asked if she thought Americans gave a fuck about Ukraine. Uh, we do. Uh, said, she said she, he, she said he yelled at her for at least as long as the interview took, which was an 11 minute interview or so. He then asked her if she could even pick out Ukraine on a map. But you can't even point to Ukraine on a map. She says, yes, I can. And then he had a staffer bring in a map, a blank one with no country's names on it, which apparently he carries around with him to media interviews. She pointed to Ukraine and he snatched the map away and said, people will hear about this and then left. And we are hearing about it uh, because kudos to Mary Louise Kelly for standing her ground and being right and awesome. Pompeo has put out a statement. Let me pull it up here and read it to you because it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of it's really sad. He says uh, NPR reporter Mary Louise Kelly lied to me twice. First last month in setting up our interview and then again yesterday in agreeing to have our post-interview conversation off the record. It is shameful that this reporter chose to violate the basic rules of journalism and decency. This is another example of how unhinged the media has become in its quest to hurt President Trump and this administration. It's no wonder that the American people distrust many in the media when they so consistently demonstrate their agenda and their absence of integrity. It is worth noting that Bangladesh is not Ukraine. Love Mike. Um, first of all, he's doing the work of Goebbels here, right? Just trying to take the media down with his stupid bullshit. Then the it's worth noting Bangladesh is not Ukraine. He's not saying she couldn't point out Ukraine on a map. He's not specifically saying that. He knows that would be defamation. And also, I think he's confusing Bangladesh with Budapest just personally. I could be wrong, um, but... That's an interesting, interesting choice to go with Bangladesh, uh, Pompeo. So uh, Pompeo has said he would testify to the Senate if legally required. And Chris Hayes brought up a really good point about 
Pompeo and the ouster of Ivanovich Friday night on NBC. He says Trump has the right as president to fire any U ambassador he wants. He can replace them. All he's got to do is pick a new one. They get appointed. They put him in. That's it. That's all he has to do. And he goes, why this Rube Goldberg uh, contraption where he has like for Tosh Giuliani hires Levin Igor they funnel millions of dollars into Pete Sessions campaign and get him to write a letter to Pompeo to fire Yovanovitch why this whole rigmarole uh, of of smear shenanigans to, to do this when you could just do it yourself at, by simply appointing a new ambassador he did it several times he, he appointed KT McFarland ambassador of Singapore for example and and so Chris Hayes is like, the answer is in Foggy Bottom, and it's in Pompeo, and I want him to testify. He wants him to testify more than anyone else. Uh, and Foggy Bottom, incidentally, um, in case you didn't know, is a place in D.C. It's where the State Department is. <laughs> it's in Foggy Bottom. If you're ever at the at the D.C. trans, the first time I went to D.C., I was like, oh, cool, the Capitol, da-da-da. Um, Pentagon City, that makes sense. Foggy Bottom. Okay, I guess it gets foggy there. I'm not sure. Just figured I'd tell you what that was because it sounds farty. Um, and in I'm Totally Not Surprised news today, Trump is now setting the stage for missing the debates. Uh, Trump's campaign team is saying he won't participate in the presidential debates if it's not a fair process. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, I will only participate in the Mueller probe if it's fair. Uh, I'll only participate in the impeachment hearings if they're fair. I'll only participate in the debates if they're fair. Uh, uh, And fair to them is changing all the moderators and directors. So in other words, an entire overhaul of the staff, meaning it will never be fair. They're trying to make the claim that the directors are against the president. And because of that, it's not fair to him. We want to have debates that are fair and more geared toward informing American people than to boosting the careers of the moderators. Um, this is from Trump campaign spokesman Tim Murtaugh. And Murtaugh? Murtaugh? I don't know. Tim. Some call me Tim. Uh, and they also said that the debate from 2016 had a microphone that didn't work and performed to Trump's standards, and that was inexcusable. Uh, the commission's rules state that no members can support any candidate, however, so all of these complaints are bullshit, basically. Of course, with this comes talks of staging their own debates, which would be a huge attack on a longstanding tradition of transparency, which makes me fear it's something that will happen. I don't know who he's going to debate uh, if he sets up his own debates, but I say set up an empty Clint Eastwood chair and ask it questions like they did uh, in the, what was it, the RNC. And then have the Democrat answer them and keep that going until the debate is over. Or have a cardboard cutout of Trump. Or maybe the Trump baby balloon. That would be a good television, I think. People would watch the shit out of that. Uh, But the victimhood will continue well into the election, including, and be ready for this, Trump will say, the election isn't fair. It's rigged. He's not going to leave the White House because it was unfair. He's not going to go because it wasn't fair. He's the victim. And if he loses, it was because it was all rigged, probably by someone Putin hates, like Ukraine or Qatar or that 400-pound guy in his bed that Trump referenced in the 2016 election meddling. It's not Russia, but he's going to cheat, and we have to show up in numbers too big to manipulate. Everyone has to back the Dem that wins the primary. No excuses, lest we lose the SCOTUS and democracy for the foreseeable future. That is sad and terrifying, but we do have a lot of good news today right on the other side of this break, so stay with us. 
Hey everybody, you know as well as I do how hard it is to stick to a fitness routine. Maybe you're one of those people who know exactly what you're doing, uh, but you need new ways to take your workouts to the next level, or maybe you have no idea what you're doing and you just need a baseline to help you reach your goals. Uh, I need my daily workouts, but there are days when you couldn't drag me to the gym with a dog sled, honestly. <laughs> uh, a personal trainer would help, but who can afford that? And that's why there's future. It's amazing. I got paired up with an amazing world-class trainer. She created a personalized workout plan for me, uh, and it worked around my recording schedule. She's great. She checks in with me daily, making sure I stay on track and making adjustments or changes as I progress. And she follows along with all the info on my Apple Watch. Uh, and what if you don't have an Apple Watch? Well, when you sign up to train with Future, they send you everything you need, including an Apple Watch. Don't overpay for a trainer. Get the workouts you need to meet all your fitness goals and take your trainer with you wherever you go. And I'm on the road a lot, so it helps. Sign up for Future today at tryfuture.com slash dailybeans and get 50% off your first month. That's tryfuture.com slash dailybeans for 50% off your first month. Tryfuture.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. All right, it's time for some good news. First of all, the VFW, that's the Veterans of Foreign Wars, which is one of the biggest VSOs, that's veteran service organizations, in the country, is now demanding an apology from Trump for his characterization of active, active duty service members suffering from traumatic brain injury as just headaches. Uh, as we learn, up to 34 soldiers are now suffering from the all-is-well attack on our air bases in Iraq. In light of today's announcement, here's from the letter from, from VFW, quote, in light of today's announcement from the Defense Department, that 34 U.S. service members suffered traumatic brain injuries as a result of Iran's retaliatory strike at President Trump's remarks, which minimized and President Trump's remarks, which minimized these troops' injuries. The veterans of foreign wars cannot stand idle on this matter. TBI is a serious injury, one that cannot be taken lightly. TBI is known to cause depression, memory loss, severe headaches, dizziness, and fatigue—all injuries that come with both short and long-term effects. The VFW expects an apology from the president to our servicemen and women for his misguided remarks. As uh, And we ask that he and the White House join us in our efforts to educate Americans of the dangers TBI has on these heroes as they protect our great nation in these trying times. Our warriors require our full support now more than ever in this challenging environment. Signed, William Doc Schmitz, VFW National Commander. So that is good news. They're demanding an apology. I don't think they'll get it, but they're, make, they're demanding one. Also good news, Antonio Brown has turned himself in. This is a football player that allegedly raped and assaulted his trainer or trainers. A warrant was issued for his arrest, and he is in custody. So good news there. And the House is going to investigate Kavanaugh for perjury, at least according to Joe Naguse, freshman Dem from Colorado, who told this to his constituents on Friday, said the House Judiciary Committee could move to impeach Kavanaugh if their investigation finds he lied to lawmakers during his confirmation hearing. Uh, the lies are, first of all, when Kavanaugh said he didn't learn about the Ramirez assault, Deborah Ramirez, uh, about her allegations until it was published in The New Yorker. But text messages published by NBC show him discussing those accusations prior to the release of the report in The New Yorker. So lie. Uh, as we know, Kavanaugh also provided false information about slang terms used in his yearbook, boofing and whatnot. And of course, there are the lies he told about the emails he used to help appoint judges during his tenure in Papa Bush's White House. Lies, lies, lies. So um, according, like I said, to Joe Naguse, there is an investigation into potentially impeaching Kavanaugh for lying during his confirmation hearing. So now it's time for a little schadenfreude. schadenfreude. All right. A friend of ours and Comedy Central writer Toby Morton has purchased the domains DevinNunez2020.com, GOPSenate2020.com, McCarthyForCongress4.com, uh, Graham for Senate, and even... 
Nunez Parnas 2020 with the campaign slogan, they know each other. (laughs) So check those out when you get a chance. Follow him on Twitter for the latest hijinks at Toby Morton. Uh, You will not be sorry. Uh, These websites are incredible. Seriously, especially my favorite right now is Graham for Senate. Check it out. Uh, You won't be disappointed. And now time time to get social. Hashtag. And on the heels of the new Reuters poll showing that 70 plus percent Americans want witnesses. Hashtag Americans want witnesses is trending. Number one uh, over the weekend. That makes me happy. No one was paying attention to the Mueller report the way they're paying attention to the impeachment trial. And the overwhelming majority of Americans, even Republicans, want to hear from witnesses. Sixty nine percent of Republicans want to hear from witnesses like Mulvaney and Bolton and Pompeo. I always said once the needle got to 60 percent for the removal of the president, we could see Republicans start to crack. We're still at the 50s, 53, uh, 51 uh, altogether, 53 independents and 44, 48 Republicans. And I fear that won't move without witness testimony. And I think Republicans know that. And I think that's why they might not. We might not get four of them. We might not get a majority to hear from witnesses. Uh, I don't think they'll vote for them. But the podcasts do. Like I said, they're very optimistic about it. We'll see who's right. But remember, regardless of the outcome here, the truth will come out before the election. And we will hold the senators who voted against the truth accountable for their actions at the ballot box. Uh, The Democrat 2020 vote blue no matter who up and down the ballot. Please, please and thank you. That is uh, our show. Thank you for sticking with me today. I know it's just me. Um, not a lot of back and forth, just me sort of talking at you. Uh, let me know what you think of it uh, at Daily Beans Pod and at Muller She Wrote on Twitter. I uh, appreciate your support. Thank you again for the couple of days off. I really needed them. I am home. I am safe. I am good. And everything is going to be rad. I will make sure to vet any future guests. Um, and I, I hope that uh, and thank you again to all, all the patrons that, that are sticking with us and all the new patrons that are coming on board and everyone who upped their patronage. I really appreciate it. You're going to get you're going to keep getting ad free daily beans that won't go away. And um, you'll get it the night before and you get still continue to get my research notes and funny pictures and jokes. And and again, we're putting a video camera in here. You'll get to see that. Yay. Uh, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> you can see me in my onesie, onesies with my bedhead. But, and the podcasts, they usually hang out in here with us too. So you'll get to see that. Anyway, thank you so much again for everything. Uh, we need each other. I need you guys. And, and, and please stick around. Uh, I'll be here for you. Uh, please take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. And take care of yourself. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.